Aloha, everyone, and welcome back to the High Connect Podcast, a weekly podcast where we sit down with some of the best content creators in the world. Today, we have TikTok and YouTube stars in the house. This duo has over 100 or 700,000 subscribers on YouTube and over 11 million combined followers on TikTok with their diving and ocean vlogs. Hawaii's own Shanger, Danger, and Anyway Brittany, <laughs> aka Shane and Britt. How are you guys doing today? Good, good. How's that? <laughs> doing good, man. I'm doing good. I'm super surprised at like your guys' growth recently. Like both of you guys have just been killing it on the scene right now. And I think especially your page has just been like taking off recently, right? Like in the last couple of days or in the last like year? In the last couple of days, especially. Yeah. 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 <laughs> What's going on with that, man? What, it <laughs> uh, I think YouTube shorts finally discovered me kind of because oh, okay. I had been posting on YouTube shorts uh, for like, on, like I saw the feature and I, don't, I was already doing well on TikTok. So then I was like, okay, of course, like I belong here as well. And uh, had always used TikTok to drive traffic to YouTube as an income source. And so then when shorts came out, I was like, okay, of course. And then I started uploading and the videos get like uh, 2,000 views and like 2 million on TikTok. And I'm like, okay, like what the heck? <laughs> right. Like, And then uh, once, um, once I had this egg video do well on TikTok, uh, it was I'm like, all over from there. Yeah. Egg video. <laughs> egg everything. video? Wait, I thought you guys do the ocean content, like the yeah, diving. Egg, egg it was underwater. in the ocean. Yeah. And so what did you do? You cracked an egg underwater? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I would <laughs> want to watch that. Yeah, I've never seen that before. One of those things like you don't really think about, but then yeah. when you see it, it's like, oh, okay, that's what it looks like. So yeah. I'm guessing that's where the viral effect came yeah, from. Yeah, yeah. So, and what was funny is I posted it on January 5th and I've been like, like I, I look at the analytics like every 30 minutes just to like, get as much out of it as possible and then know how to move forward. So I like know like all the numbers. And so uh, on January 5th, I posted it and then it took like another week for it to finally pick up. Mm. And so then it was like suddenly like, oh, hey, my YouTube video has half a million. And then like two hours later, like, hey, <laughs> remember that YouTube video with half a million? It has 10 million now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, and so yeah. now it's at like 53. Like I haven't checked it for an hour, so it could be at 54 or 55 right now. That's insane. Um, and then I've been posting like five or six times a day on YouTube shorts, trying to just like fully capitalize on it. So I have a bunch of other ones that also have uh, between like two and 10 million views now. Wow, okay. Um, yeah, so that, that's been awesome just the last couple of days. That's incredible. And yeah. you guys have like the perfect like uh, segue into it. You know, it's like a lot of people have a misconception where they're trying to just, you know, they think that the shorts are going to make them a lot of money, whereas there's not really short money right now in YouTube, right? I think there's like a small fun, but mainly it's from the AdSense and stuff. And it's to create traction and subscribers for your main channel. And so yeah. I think that's what people like need to realize and stuff. It's a good funnel um, and it's really great to get new subscribers in. But there's like a weird thing where it just doesn't really pay well right now for the short side. That's uh, unfortunate to hear because I don't know how much money I'll make from it yet. <laughs> okay, and, sorry. Well, you got tons of YouTube subscribers. Right, it's good. Yeah, and so that's exactly, exactly a and funnel. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, so we're funneling as hard as possible. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, I like like I kept looking at the ad revenue and it would say like the RPM and and like my RPM on on like uh, regular videos like four or five bucks, which is pretty good. Yeah, that's really good. Um, and then I was like doing the math, like just really quick, like, okay, 20 million views, four or $5 <laughs> for 1000 views. So uh, gonna make like a hundred grand off of this video. And then the RPM goes down to like a dollar and then still a dollar is good. That is the RPM yeah. on that is 50 grand. Yeah. And then uh, it like shows me my revenue and it's like $120 and I'm like, 
what? Yeah, <laughs> the shorts is so weird, man. It's so strange. And so I'm like hoping that the short fund comes through and like pays well, cause cause yeah, I had a friend texting like, bro, are you monetizing that? And I'm like, no. And then and you know what's really funny is uh, when this egg video took off, I like remembered that I had reached out to a local egg farm that has like local organic eggs, cause yeah. I was like, okay, hey, like. Like I like sustainability and like local food, of course. And so I was like, I will find a way to integrate this into my videos. And so I can't remember their name, which is good because I wouldn't want to give them like a bad shout out. But <laughs> right. local egg company, if you're listening to this right now, you should have worked with me. We could have gone big. I, I could have put whatever the name was, just flash it on the screen while I'm cracking Jeez, the egg. Yeah, what a missed opportunity. Yeah, like so that would have been huge. So local egg companies, hit me up, please. <laughs> If you sell eggs in Hawaii, you know who to talk yeah. about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so funny because it's just hard to pitch because, again, you guys are like diving in ocean content. So yeah. I, I can imagine that pitch originally to the egg company like, hey, I'm going to crack an egg underwater. You guys want to pay yeah. some money or collab on this? Yeah, because <laughs> you know? yeah, I would imagine they want like food creators and exactly. stuff, which is great and it makes sense. And like, so I never have hard feelings when like a company doesn't want to take a risk on me. Right. But then like I know that when a company would take a risk on me that like I will make it win right because like, because i want to make viral content and yeah like, i don't want to do an ad that's a crappy video and then you're like, oh like i'm partnering up with this company and got fifty thousand views like that's embarrassing mm -hmm. right 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 you want to do the best you can for yeah you. of course i see awesome so do you mind you guys mind me asking when did you guys both start getting into like the tiktok scene and the youtube scene uh you go i've been talking yeah. so much <laughs> <laughs> um Mostly just when the COVID started. Oh, uh, really? So only two years for ago? For me, yeah. Wow. Because uh, I was working regular jobs, like barely getting by, doing like working in retail. I worked on a boat for a while. Um, and then COVID happened and he started posting on Instagram, like or posting on TikTok right before that. And so I was like, okay, I guess I'll try. And then, yeah, TikTok did pretty well. And then we just recently started a YouTube channel for like us two. Right. Um, what is that one called? If you don't mind me asking. Changer and Brittany. Okay, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you guys' names. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's like our vlog channel. We post on there twice a week and I edit those videos. Oh, nice. He has his own YouTube channel with the 700,000. Um, so yeah, I just started doing all social media stuff like right when COVID started. That's awesome. And I'm happy it's taking off for you because I think right now you're at like almost 800,000 on TikTok, right? Yeah. That's yeah. insane. That's crazy <laughs> growth. And when you think about it in like two years. Yeah, not zero. compared to him, but yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> hey, I, no, it's compared to everybody else in the world. I mean, that's really, really good. We actually just had like two uh, really big TikTok people in Hawaii too, the Titus sisters. And they started like right around the same time, two years. And they said that that kind of growth, like any, if you can get to a million in two years, that's really, really good based off of like what they're trying to do and their kind of content and stuff and just the average growth scale in TikTok. So yeah. 800,000 is right there. That's amazing. Right. Yeah. And then, so when did you start, Shane? Um, my, I mean, like when I was in high school, like forever ago, me and my friend would joke like, oh, let's go get that YouTube money. <laughs> and then, and we had no idea how to make a good video. Like I would make like class videos, you know, like for schoolwork. And I made some like BMX videos when I was a kid, but it was like nothing that anyone would want to watch. Um, and then uh, when I was on swim team at a school in Indiana, the Harlem Shake got big. Oh yeah. And then someone that. suggested we should make one. And I, I remember being like, that's kind of stupid. And then... <laughs> I was like, fine, let's do it. Like after the second day and then, and you know, when a viral trend is happening, like every second counts until yes. you get that video up. 
And so I like, like could have had the biggest underwater video, but then we got beat by uh, a Georgia swim team. They got up there as a little bit before ours. So theirs had like 27 million views when ours had like 3 million. Um, wow. But that was my first viral video. It's at like 9 million now. And um, so that was like seven or eight years ago. It was like right before I moved here. And then when I moved here, um, I started going to UH and I was studying mechanical engineering. Um, oh, wow. But then I like first started to do Instagram and then met some like local people. Uh, Nainoa Langer, you've heard of yeah, him, right? Yeah, I know Nainoa. So I met him like randomly at Waimea and then saw him and his friend Taylor like playing with their GoPros and then saw him on the hashtag the next day. And I was like, oh my God, he's famous. He has 15,000 followers. <laughs> yeah, um, back then, that's a lot. <laughs> and uh, yeah, which was crazy back then, like 2015. Right. And so. Uh, I was like, oh my God, the, like I met a famous guy yesterday and I like, I was basically like, I will do anything to be your friend. Um, <laughs> and so I was texting him like, Hey bro, I have a drone. Like, let's like hang out soon and like do more videos. Cause like, I wanted to like, just, I just wanted to do videos. Like right. I just loved making videos here and it was fun and it was beautiful. And I was like, finally this GoPro is useful cause I can make nice things with it. And, uh, so we did this cliff diving thing at La Ye and, uh, and I hope I'm not like telling the story in the longest way possible. And it's no, I, I love okay. hearing all of this. Cool. Yeah, this is amazing. Uh, so we went to Latia and it was like, uh, like I remember driving over the Leaky Leaky. I didn't even have a car back then. So they like picked me up and my drone was broken. So I was like, dude, can I still come? My drone's broken. And he was like, yeah, of course. Cause he's like the nicest guy. And I remember driving over the Leaky Leaky and it was like a day like today where it was like so beautiful out and like no clouds at all. And then we get there and it's like, like I have not seen a day this perfect since then. And Latye. Wow. Um, have you been to the cliff jump spot? Yeah, there? yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was like crystal clear water, like could see the reef, like no Whoa. clouds all day, just like totally epic in a place where normally it's windy and cloudy. Yeah. And uh, so we did like our cliff diving thing. We we're all doing gainers and stuff like that, you know, old school Instagram, like gainers and cool guys and hot girls at the beach, like that kind of thing. <laughs> that used to do well, and it still then, does well kind of. <laughs> and then I like talked to the guy Taylor a couple of days later and I was like, hey, so you made a video for like a sunglasses company. Like, like, do they just give you a bunch of sunglasses? Like thinking that's cool. And then he's like, no, they pay me like a couple hundred dollars. And I was like, what? You make money on social media? Because oh, I literally didn't is, know you could make bulb. money on social media right. besides like YouTube just paying you right. the money. And so then I was like, Okay, like I'm gonna <laughs> DM every brand that this guy works with and ask them for money. Dude, I like None the of them hustle. Wanted to, but yeah, so it was just like every brand that I saw from then on, I would ask them for either stuff or for money. Mm -hmm. And uh, the first thing I got, I think, was like a solar power backpack, Berksun. I think they've gone out of business now because they. Uh, probably in part because they gave me too much money for a video and then like so they spent so much on advertisement and then didn't meet the sales quota oh, and no. so then they um you really think that's why they went under uh, it must have been a bag I you got so. I mean, let's not talk about the money i guess but yeah that's, that's like quite a bit then if you yeah yeah but but because i only got a small portion of what i would assume they were giving out because they right. were working with way bigger creators than right, i right, was right, right. um and which was cool to make like like mm -hmm. what I felt like was the right amount of money for the video I did. I mean, they were running the video on TV, uh, oh, okay. like in LA. It was like, so paid, like paid media. Yeah. yeah so, so, so people in LA were texting me like, Hey, I just saw you on TV, like on CNN, like in the, in the commercials. Wow. I was like, Oh, that's dope. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, the, so that was like my first paid thing. And then, and then, yeah, since then it was just like, 
I like as soon as I got paid once, I knew that it was possible to do it as a job. And then it was always kind of competing with engineering because obviously engineering makes a good amount of money. Mm-hmm. And so when it came time for my senior year, I was like, do I want to fully commit to like a really intense internship? A lot of my friends were like starting work at Pearl Harbor and like oh, I never wow. wanted to work defense. Yeah. Um, and so then <laughs> I was like, uh, I could be on the beach every day and make like enough to live or I can make a lot and have to work every day. And I was like, I'm going to be on the beach. And so then for the next couple of years, I was really like just getting by. And then mm. finally with TikTok was when I could like afford to like live in the sense of like, if I want to go out to dinner, I don't have to think about like, do I, can I afford it? That's the best. I feel like people yeah. are always striving for like, okay, I want to make X amount of dollars and stuff. But I feel like the best thing is when you just can look at a menu and don't care what the price is. You yeah. know, that's good enough. Yeah, you which, know? which we're still like, oh my God, that was a, <laughs> that was an expensive meal. We can't go out again this week. <laughs> well, it's good to uh, be frugal, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. So we're, we're he's still, more like that than me. I'm more like, oh, we got money now. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Living just, life. Just because like, and, and we both have like big goals. Like we want to like be able to afford a house here, which Very uh, hard. is so hard to do. And, um, and like, we, we also like want to make our money in a responsible way, like not do things that are exploitive of the island and that kind of thing. I love that. Um, and so it's like to to like have the high standards and then also want to, you know, make as much money as we can. It's like that that trade off. It's, it, it's, right. it's worth it. Right. So uh, are, do you mind me asking, are either of you guys born here or have you guys both uh, moved here? No, we're, we're both uh, transplants. From where? I'm from yeah. Delaware. Delaware, okay. Yeah, on the East East Coast. Coast. And yeah. I'm from California. California. Okay, so wow. And you guys <laughs> are across the country and that, then you met yeah. up in Hawaii. See, yeah. it's crazy how that happened. <laughs> but, yeah, totally. But what I like about that, and the reason why I asked, um, is because usually, you know, a lot of people over here, you think, okay, if you live in Hawaii, that's when you worry about sustainability. And it's always the people that come from outside that's like, they don't really care. Yeah. So it's awesome to see, you know, you guys aren't born here, but you guys resonate with Hawaii so much where it's like, we want to protect the oceans and stuff and right. we want to be advocates. And now that we have a platform, we can talk about sustainability and do things the right way, yeah. which I think is super important. And some people just completely miss that, you know? So it's really awesome. Like when we were talking and stuff, you were saying your values are like, I don't want to work with like companies that have plastic, you know, yeah. for instance, like that's huge Yeah. because you definitely could probably do the same kind of video with like a Coke can or something underneath totally. the water, you know, yeah. <laughs> that'd yeah. be cool. But no, it, it's so when did you guys start getting into the ocean stuff then? Was it always like that? Like you guys, like the ocean content or yeah yeah pretty much like that's that's where it all started yeah yeah so i mean we first started hanging out just because we like diving so much okay and uh i was always like like even as a kid like my parents couldn't get me out of the water in san diego which was freezing so i'd I'd be like blue lips shivering and be like no i don't want to go home Uh, and then here, um, like, and we would come visit growing up cause my uncle has lived here for like almost 40 years now. Oh, nice. Um, but also a transplant. Um, and yeah, so, so we would visit a lot and like, once I got snorkel gear, I was like, oh my God, I love snorkeling. And then, uh, when I had the option to come here for school, I had just finished being on swim team. So I was like, like could be in the water all day and like Mm. not get tired or anything like, like swimming for me is like walking for most people, you know? Right. Right. And so, um, uh, got into like diving and, and even, uh, when I was staying with my uncle, cause he lives in Lanikai, uh, I would like go swim out to the mokes and like find random stuff and pick it up just cause I saw it. And like, uh, one time I found a pole spear and I was like, oh, sick. Now I can get into spear fishing. Right, right, right. Cause I, back then I couldn't afford like any kind of gear like that. And, um, 
and then it was too much to carry and so i think i gave it to someone at the mox that was like that was like out diving i was like here you can have this but other times yeah i found like goggles and stuff like that so i'd always pick up what i found and then uh, I remember when I started taking pictures for Instagram and doing underwater photography and that kind of thing. Uh, I took a picture of like some trash that I found, like I found a, a plastic fork and then like took a picture of it and posted that on Facebook. And, um, so I was like, I was always doing it, but didn't necessarily have like the content about it. Mm. And then just recently was like, uh, like after I was traveling for a while, I was like, okay, I want to make videos about sustainable food harvesting, which a lot of people are doing in Hawaii. Um, like how people hunt boar here and how they go diving and stuff like that, as opposed to, um, getting commercially raised, uh, meat and commercially caught fish, which are both like very bad for the environment. Mm -hmm. Um, and those videos like weren't really working. Um, and then when I started posting on TikTok, I was like, okay, hey, they probably don't want to see like, cause it's kids. They don't want to see me like killing fish. Oh, um, right. and so I was like, uh, just doing what I would normally do. And then one time like picked up a bunch of hair ties and that went viral. And I was like, picking up hair ties. Yeah. Oh, random. yeah hair okay. So like my big things are like hair ties, egg. Uh, and I, I'm sure I've got, Oh, and then like finding like GoPros and phones. Right, and right, right. Okay. Okay. But the hair ties are almost like number one because so that video got like 18 million, had like a bunch of verified accounts commenting on it. Um, like, cause I found like 30 hair ties at Sandy's in one dive. Whoa. Yeah. And, and that's like my expectation now. So now when the sandbar is weird and it's not piling up in the one spot, I'm like, where's the hair ties? I need a video <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so I found all these hair ties and then it went viral. And then that was like the proof that I can make trash videos and that people would watch it. Mm. And I had already been doing that. Like, uh, me and my friend Jordan found a big net or maybe I found the net and I was like, Hey, come help me pick this thing up. So we went out and picked up this like big net, um, that was tied to the reef at Makapu'u. And, uh, it was like, to me, it's just the right thing to do. I would do it with or oh, without the video. Oh, it's so dangerous, yeah, for um, a lot of sea life. Yeah, and and this stuff ends up there all the time from commercial fishing. And so then it started to really encapsulate, like make videos that teach people why commercial fishing is bad and then show the result of the commercial fishing. And then, and then I don't even have to be out like finding commercial fishermen to harass uh, to like make the content. I can just show the net and stuff that washes up all along the east side of the island. Um, and, and I don't mean to put down like any like local commercial fishermen that are doing it in a sustainable way. Cause there's obviously like people that go out and fish that are from here where their lineage is fishing and they go out and have like a couple lines out and they take like what they need to survive mm -hmm. and you know, they sell what they need to have like a sustainable life here. Uh, what I'm talking about is like people that go out with the big nets, like in like South China sea oh, right, and right. are like trawling at the bottom and taking like hundreds of fish, lots of bycatch, uh, killing dolphins, turtles, that kind of thing. Uh, so there's a big difference between like local commercial fishermen and like big, big commercial fishermen. Right. I see. I see. And then, uh, Britt, when did you get into like the diving stuff? Because I mean, from Delaware, right. I don't know how the Atlantic Ocean is over there. Yeah, but no, I it's not clear at all. You <laughs> okay. can't dive. <laughs> um, basically, when I moved here, but like growing up, when we'd go on like family vacations to like anywhere where it was like kind of clear water, I'd be like, my dad was really into snorkeling. He'd be like, let's go snorkel. Let's go on a snorkel tour or some touristy thing, you know? So I like knew I liked snorkeling and like seeing under the water was super cool. Uh -huh. So then when I moved here, I was like, well, I got to snorkel all the time. So I, my first like mask and fins were from Walmart, like the pink ones at gotta Walmart. Do it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, like 
I would just go with my friend. We didn't really like just moved here and we like didn't really know where to go. So we would like find random places and just go. And then I like lived here for a while and like met people and would go to like the actual good places to snorkel and stuff. And then I met Shane and then like uh, he really helped like drive my passion for it because he nice. was like always wanting to go. And like his Instagram was so cool with all his underwater photos and stuff. Like I was like, what? I want underwater photos like that. Um, so... Yeah, when I met him, I started to go a lot more because that's, like, what we would do. We'd be like, oh, let's go dive, whatever. That's awesome. And then uh, I was working in retail, and I really wanted to, like, be outside, not, like, inside six days a week. So I, like, one of my coworkers also worked on a snorkeling boat, um, and he got me a job there. So then I had to be, like, really good at diving because we have to dive to the bottom, like, tie off the mooring line and stuff. So that's when I got, like, a lot better at diving. I got, like, nice long fins. and mm. And then I only worked there for, like not too long before COVID happened. Um, and then I was like, well, I guess we go dive every day because you can't go to the beach. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, my thing is I, I dive like very loosely. Like I'm not super into it, but I've been to like a electric beach and stuff. I have fins and, you know, uh, snorkeling equipment and stuff. But I s honestly think like maybe 15, 20 feet is my max before I'm like, this is freaky and I, I got to get out of there. <laughs> I'm assuming you guys can do like 40 feet pretty easy, you know, yeah. chilling. How long can you guys hold your breath and stuff too? <laughs> Everybody <laughs> asks that question. Yeah, you, so have to, you have to. <laughs> you have to. <laughs> um, I don't really, I don't have a dive watch, so I don't really time it or anything. Probably my breath hold isn't that great right now. Like after you practice a while, it gets better, but mm -hmm. we haven't been diving too much because there's been waves, like right. the rain and stuff. <clears throat> Winter um, season. Probably like my max would be like a minute and a half. That's really long. Underwater. But you know, you're like moving and like you're not just, if you just sit on land and hold your breath, it's a lot easier yeah. than when you're underwater. Yeah. I've been holding my breath this whole time. Oh <laughs> since, since the beginning of the interview, I've been speaking on one single yeah, breath. Yeah, right. Uh, no, so, so, so my max is uh, 230. Um, but the, but the, so what's so weird is I've done 230 static, like laying in a bed. And I have a story for why I did that because I've I never did it before. I never cared about how long I could hold my breath. Like I would just do it for utility. And then one time, because for a while I was trying to do lip sync videos underwater, because this was like oh, wow. like That's the first one I did was just on my Instagram story. I did it through a cave at Sharks Cove, and I was like all oh, like dancing and singing like through this cave, and people are just like how how like <laughs> how do you hear the music? How are you singing along to it perfectly? Like how are you holding your breath and while you're dancing through a cave? And not swallow all that water. Yeah, like, not swallow your water. Like, like, cause I'm like <laughs> singing the whole time. Um, and then, but the problem with that type of content is that it gets copyrighted. Oh, and it's also, and the impressive part is that it's not short form. And so like, cause it's most impressive when I'm doing it for like a minute plus. That's and then true. after you've seen it for 10 seconds, it's like, cool, move on. Right. Um, and so, uh, so I was doing that for a little bit. It was fun. It was cool. It got me, got me in a day, like a hundred replies on my story. And I was just like, well, I got to try this more. Um, and so one time I was doing it to, uh, ocean Avenue by yellow card. Oh, and I knew like every word to the whole song. And so I just was chilling. Like I was, and I was so in the zone that I made it through like two minutes and 30 seconds of the song. So I was like underwater, like dancing hard and then come up and, and then on the GoPro, like, cause you can see the time on the GoPro you've been recording. It was like, like two something when I came up and I was just like, wow, that was a long breath hold while I'm like full power dancing underwater. Yeah. I think a lot um, of people need to understand like movement obviously should yeah. cut it down a lot. I know people have always done this, you know, as kids and stuff, just in the pool, you just kind of like yeah. sit there underneath, yeah. they're like floating on top. Yeah. That's a lot different than you have to actually swim down there too. 
yeah. you know, pressure, yeah, equalizer pressure and all of this, so yeah. you're releasing some air and then getting into it. So yeah. <laughs> it's probably close to like three and a half static maybe then. Yeah. 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 So, so I, yeah. And I never did like dive training or anything. And so I'm sure we could do dive training and get a lot more out of it, but uh, we just, we dive, we do the diving that we need to do and we have fun doing it. So it's not like, uh, like the people that go line diving and stuff where they like go down as deep as they can. Like that's good for them that they like to do that, but it's just not our like chosen activity. I see. I see. Um, but, yeah. but let me tell you why I, had, I did this two two thirty breath hold on my brother's bed one time randomly. So, <laughs> so my friend that I used to dive with here a long time ago, uh, texted me like, Hey, I'm going to this audition for avatar two as a diver. Whoa. Cause I have an underwater scene in avatar two or it's Spoiler a alert. lot of it's underwater. So yeah. And this was like five years ago. So, um, so she texts me that she's going to do that and I'm in California and I'm like, yeah, that would be cool. And like, like my life at that point was like just graduated doing social media, but don't have a ton of direction. Mm. And so it was like, if I get called back for this and it's good pay, like why not? And then I can move to LA and then try to do LA type stuff. Um, and then like stunt work as a diver doesn't sound so bad either. Like, especially mm. at that point when I had no income. Right. Um, and so I go to the tryouts and I like, and they're, and they're like, okay, like move like this. And I'm like, okay, like doing that. And then we go do the dive part and, uh, everyone else is like, like they have this crazy gear on, like they have like the nose plugs and one guy's like, <laughs> <laughs> like before, uh, he, he like gets to do his thing. And I'm just like, what are they doing? And then they go and swim around for like 40 seconds and then come up <gasps> and I'm like, what? Like, that's it. Like you did all those breathe ups and you stayed down for 40 seconds. And so I went in and I was like, okay, like I'm going to go swim around. I'm going to show my underwater dance moves. Cause they want to see like, like movement. movement and that kind of thing. Um, cause you're trying out to be a diver in a mocap suit. Mm. Um, like where you'd have like the ping pong balls on you right, right, and right. go and dive and they record you like that. Um, so I was like, okay, I got to show like that I can move my body really well and that I'm super comfortable. And so I was like, okay, I'll go move around for a while and then go do some bubble rings at the end. Like, so I'll like, and then, so my, my hold was like a minute 15 or a minute 30. And then I like asked my friend to like, think about how long everyone else was down and then compare it to mine. And I even saw the guy's sheet that was counting how long everyone went. Mm. And so I knew that I had the longest nice. and I blew bubble rings at the end and nobody else did that. And so I was like, okay, like they're going to call got me this. back. Um, <laughs> and then they email me and they tell me that I'm like not chosen Basically, like, I think they're like, you're just, we just don't, don't want you. Like, just following up, we're not interested. Huh. And I was like, excuse me? Like, me? Like, yeah, what happened with I that? dove the longest, and I'm the best. And they're like, well, your static breath hold wasn't that long. And because they had asked me, like, over email, like, what's your static breath hold? I was like, I don't know, like a minute 30. Over email? Yeah. And then, <laughs> they took that over. Yeah. And so, right. And so then I'm sure everyone else is like, oh, yeah, six minutes, like. <laughs> Like, and, and maybe they could hit six minutes, but as with all this crazy training stuff and then it's only static. Whereas like, I obviously have a great dynamic breath hold. Um, and I was like, hold on. And so I like, like, as I'm writing the email, I'm like, forget this. Like, and then laid down and was just like, Ian, I'm doing a static breath hold, my brother. And then he's like, okay, why? And I'm just like, and then I like get to 2.30 and then go back to breathing normal, like still completely comfortable. And then I'm like, I just hit 2.30, no problem. Like you need me for this thing. And then, uh, but they weren't like, uh, like I think they were paying SAG, like basic stunt rate. Oh, And so then, which is like good, but then not like 
okay, I need to change my life and move to LA for uh, all right. this. And I hate LA. Um, and so then I, uh, I never did it, but where from California are you? If you hate LA, <laughs> uh, San Diego. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can yeah. see that. And, and like inland. So it's like going around town, there's never traffic. And then going beach, like early morning, there's like people going to the city for work, but then I would just go earlier or later if I wanted to go beach. Yeah. You guys seem way more local than a lot of the local people that I know. <laughs> That's a thing, man. It's so crazy. Cause it's like, I know a lot of people like, especially the guys watching, cause we have like a international and national audience, right? It's right. not just in Hawaii. A lot of people think, okay, they use the term like Howley or whatever, right? For people that aren't from here. Uh -huh. And then you hear that a lot and that's what they hear because it's like, oh, that's a derogatory term or whatever. Right. Um, but it didn't originate like that. And I know a lot of people that are technically Howley because they don't, they're not from here, right? But they act way more local and they care way more about Hawaii than actual people that are born and raised here. So it's yeah. like such a weird stigma that's going on now. And I like that you guys are just like, yeah, we're transplants and stuff now. You know, yeah. we love it. Yeah. This is what we do. And we would do it, you know, even if we didn't have attention just because it's the right thing yeah. to do. Yeah. Yeah. Part of it, I think, is to own it. Yeah. Uh, if we like, <laughs> oh my God, can you imagine if we came on and like, yeah, we've no, been here for here. a couple of couple <laughs> years. No, to say that we're local because we've oh, been yeah. here for a couple. Yeah, yeah, we moved here two and a half weeks ago, so we're pretty much local. <laughs> oh my yeah, exactly, I see that all the we, time. We we went all the way to uh, Yokohama Bay. <laughs> So, yeah, so so we're pretty cool with the West Side. A, a guy threw a shaka at us. Like this, yeah, they're like the super wide one. <laughs> That's a thing, though. It's it's really interesting because I know there's a lot of people flying down recently to Hawaii, especially yeah, after the pandemic. Yeah, from home, yeah. So yeah. many new people. Yes, yeah. exactly. And so there's a lot of YouTube families and stuff that are moving down, and they're trying to – this is why it's hard for me because I feel like they're – maybe trying to embrace it but i don't know if they're trying to like intrinsically do that or if they're extrinsically doing that to show off on the camera right you know like what is the intentions behind it and so some of them you get like just vibes right yeah. where it's like oh yeah this is definitely just for uh chasing the clout on their yeah. channel or whatever and they're not really caring like yeah. right after they buy this locally sourced thing they're probably just like throwing it away or not even yeah. using it or whatever yeah. going back to whatever they were doing so it it's very strange but it is a weird influx of people randomly now which kind of sucks because i mean you guys were just saying you're trying to buy a house and stuff too yeah and oh, yeah the <laughs> cost of living is ridiculous yeah and and i mean it, it's it's bad enough thinking about like the competition for hawaiians and for locals to be able to live here and and like to to like want to own a home here as as like the right thing to do as an investment mm -hmm. is that when you have enough money to buy a home you should buy a home um, but then also there's like the impact of displacing Hawaiians that we like would never, ever want to do. And so um, it's it's like it would definitely be a place that's like enough for us to live and then could never think about like renting it out or Airbnb or whatever. Like right, right, right. that kind of thing is what's what's the big problem, I think, is not necessarily people moving here and living here, um, but the people that are like buying rental homes or renting them out because they're seeing it as a money maker not as yeah. somewhere they actually care about and want to live or it's like their vacation home spot you know so yeah. they're here for like two months and then the other time they're renting it out or trying to make money off yeah of it. like like i <laughs> i like wish i knew which of the houses in like portlock and like up on the hills and stuff like were vacant most of the time so i could just go like break in and live <laughs> in them for a while oh my gosh don't <laughs> say allegedly. that allegedly allegedly 
McDonald's. <laughs> like, you can't do it, obviously, but like some of these places. And, and then, did you ever see like the Kahala pool that people would go crash? All oh the yeah, time? yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I've never was, been there. That was just like the classic thing. Like everyone go crash the Kahala pool and like have parties and all that. And I remember I went one time to like go do a photo shoot, and uh, we like jumped the fence and then start walking, and the alarm goes off so loud, and then a real estate lady comes out and she's <laughs> like, "Yo, you guys got to get out of here." And I'm like. Oh, uh, because <laughs> what do you say? Yeah, that's like, obviously you weren't supposed to go <laughs> there. Like, okay. I was like, okay, sorry, not coming back. Because uh, that pool is is in property, right? That's somebody's property yeah. or technically property. Yeah, I think it, I think it's filled in by now. Oh, really? Yeah, I think it's pal. Wow, I actually now that you said that, yeah, I haven't, haven't seen very been many there pictures. In a couple years, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. why. Yeah, and uh, and so yeah, it's like like countless homes over there that are completely not lived in, like tons of property that nobody lives in. And uh, yeah, so I mean, like I, I wish that there was a solution to like take all these displaced people and put them in homes that are vacant all right. the time. And then the other issue in Hawaii that a lot of people probably don't realize is like affordable housing is not really affordable. No, yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's literally ridiculous. And so a lot of people end up moving to the mainland just because the pricing and stuff of housing is actually like affordable in most places. You know, right. California and New York are still expensive, but you go more central America, it's it's not too bad. You know, yeah. you can actually make a life there and have a decent sized house. Whereas yeah. here, you're paying half a million dollars for a one bedroom <laughs> apartment. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, yeah, totally. Yeah, we so, would rather live here by the beach though than be in the middle of the U.S. Like with that's a trade off. With a big house, you know. So right, that's a trade off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and so we're we're lucky to uh, to eventually, hopefully, have the opportunity to afford it with our work. Right. Um. And then and so that's. That's like part of why I think it's so important to like make the work be sustainable is cause like uh, I would feel bad like being here and exploiting the resources like, cause even just the beauty and taking pictures of it is a resource. True. Um, and so then if you come here and you're exploiting it to make money and then not doing everything you can to give back, then it's like you're just taking. And mm. so, so that's why it's like so important for us to like give. And and so like another example is uh, I just bought a boat nice. um, and like tried to buy the boat forever ago and because of supply chain issues, couldn't get it. Um, like they couldn't make it. And then finally it like just drove past someone's house that had one out front and I was like, I'm gonna buy that boat. <laughs> and so we did. And then uh, like one of the key missions with the boat is like, there's like big, big trash out there that I have not been able to pull pull in by diving. Like I'll see like massive cargo nets oh, out. And yeah. it's like something that would take a team of people and like scuba gear and like all this other equipment. And the biggest thing would be a boat. And it's like, I can't afford to like go charter a boat to go out to do this thing. But then when we have the boat, then we can go do it. And so um, then it's like, like I'm like so excited to go do these like big missions and go out and find this like big trash out there. and bring it in and then hopefully it will like stay in the landfill or get burned or you know whatever they do here with the rubbish right and i gotta i gotta point out what what's really like uh you know like honorable about what you're doing is like you, you guys are just starting off your channel you know you're starting to just make money and stuff now and one of the yeah. things that you invest in heavily invested in because boats aren't cheap is a boat and you're not even using it to like for self gain, you just said that you want to use it because you want to haul trash. Like, yeah. I mean, obviously nobody we'll make like videos that, of know? hauling the trash and that right. kind of thing. And I think those will be good videos. Um, but then, yeah, it's like, uh, and obviously I want to take some Instagram pictures on the boat, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I think I think it would be too much to say that we won't be using the boat for self gain because like we're gonna go sandbar and have fun and we're gonna go do cool stuff and go on great dives. Um, I mean, we could say that we're not going to be like doing charters and tours right, exactly. and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, we'll never do tourism stuff. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, and that's that's another thing is that I would never do like local tourism collabs and that kind of thing, which is hard because like like we went to Maui, and I know for sure that I could uh, email a bunch of hotels there and free then, stays. Like like I've already gotten. No, you're good. <laughs> like like I already got free stays when I didn't even have the TikTok. So free stay at a hotel should be like like no brainer. Yeah. Um, but then now it's like, do I want to even, and even worse during the pandemic, like promote like, Hey guys, everyone come stay at this nice hotel where we had a great stay. And yeah, of course it's a great stay. It's luxurious. It's beautiful. Like the hotels here are great. Um, but then like staying at a hotel does not contribute to local people and local families. Um, as much as people think that it does just cause local people work there. Yeah, see, this is why I try to go back and forth on this one a lot because a lot of my friends and family are in service industry just because right. there's so much of it here, you know, and right. the jobs are somewhat, well, maybe now there's a lot of openings because of COVID, but before yeah. it was pretty hard to get jobs here, you know, and especially like decent paying jobs. Yeah. So a lot so of the like, things that- So tipping <clears throat> those people, yes. Like okay. when you tip at, at service stuff and when you tip at a restaurant, like if you're coming here during COVID, the minimum shit tip should have been 20%. Yes. And we were always tipping at least 20% if we went out. Um, just because the people there are, are risking everything to be able True. to serve you. And then like, uh, we had a close friend that was working in service in Waikiki. Um, and she would tell me about like big tables, not tipping at all. And it's because they come here with the cheap COVID tickets and then they're cheap people that don't spend money. And so then they don't tip. And, uh, so yeah, if, if you want to like, like if you're a tourist here, I'm like rambling so much. You are. No, it's a good thing though. You know, I, I like the pack. If you're a tourist, tip and buy local. <laughs> it's awesome though, because you're actually showing like a passion like for it, you know, like some yeah. people, again, like I would say is like, you loosely know the subject. So you're just kind of speaking to speak on it, you know, like kind of virtue signaling, like, oh, I'm a good guy, you know, I tip or whatever. Yeah. But you can feel the passion when you guys talk, which is different, you know, or it's like, ooh, you can feel like he's getting upset about this because he's like, actually cares. Like, <laughs> yeah. you guys should do this. You know, it's not like I'm just saying it to say it. Yeah. I actually care about this subject. And so that's really yeah. important, man. Because it's something that a lot of people don't understand, you know, because for the most part, like we were saying, those kinds of videos, like when you try to make like, awareness for certain things they don't get a lot of traction you know doing the good thing is not necessarily the most viewed thing anymore yeah right so when you have platforms and stuff and you can actually speak your mind on things and it might have a positive impact and we know it will because the impressions and stuff that you have you know on your analytics shows that yeah it's important to speak up when you can you know and it shows like i think because technically you know quote unquote we are influencers even if it's just one or two people, that influence can be really, really profound, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because just small changes between a lot of people can add up. Yeah. And so I don't know what the answer is for Hawaii in terms of tourism and, you know, like commercial fishing and all of this stuff. There's obviously like a lot of politics and stuff in the background. It's, but It's huge. Yeah, it, it's, it is very hard though. But I've been trying to be more conscious myself recently. Like you kind of touched on the hunting thing, right? Uh -huh. I didn't realize like I think it's uh, on one of the outer islands. There's like an overpopulation of access deer yeah. or something. So yeah. I, there's a, I can't remember what the, Maui Nui Venison or something, I think. Uh -huh. There's have you heard a bunch of them. Of them. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's yeah. So yeah, I, I have a friend, Go Hawaii uh, Outfitters, I think he's on Lanai. And, and then a couple other friends that just make products out of the access deer pelts. Right. Um, and so, yeah, all of that, like, like if you want 
a good uh, like gift for someone after you went to Hawaii. That's another thing like to get something that is like uh, doing that kind of thing because then it's like they go out and kill this deer that's causing erosion because of the overpopulation, which is, ca- which is damaging the ocean. And then they take it and take everything they can from it and make products from it and then use that money to continue their work. And so it's like, yeah, that's that's amazing work that those people are doing. Right, and so my my whole thing before when I was like younger is I just saw hunting as like, you know, what we said, like killing animals in your head, yeah. like, oh, killing is bad, right? Yeah. But people don't understand like the food that you eat in your supermarkets and stuff. It, it's probably the most unethical way to the kill those worst animals. Way. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like sure. literally like a metal rod through a cow's head and stuff, yeah. you know? Yeah. Whereas yeah. I think, you know, for thousands and thousands of years, it's been like, hunters and gatherers is what you know how we developed and stuff and you know it was always like i think you can kind of compare it back to like the indians and stuff when they were killing like a bison right they use everything from the bison you know the pelt the horns the everything to eat whatever they can use and it was always like they held it in reverence you know it's like oh this animal is feeding me and my family kind of thing totally and you don't feel like that when you get chicken from the <laughs> store you know it's no. like oh yeah this chicken I, yeah. this is this, this five chicken. dollar chicken <laughs> yes. from the back of costco yes. this yeah. thing is feeding my family thank you chicken yeah. <laughs> you know? but yeah. when you're hunting it it's like you appreciate the life that it was there you know yeah. and it's it is a environmental thing where you're sometimes in like the access to your situation you're helping not only like your own family and stuff but you're helping the environment and stuff as well because they are invasive yeah. technically yeah. it's just overrun yeah so i i love hearing that you guys talk about all of this stuff too i don't know if you guys do like videos like on land very often right or no uh, it's no, mainly ocean really. content have you tried yeah. to switch like to hiking stuff do people want to <laughs> well, watch that or we, no i mean in our, on our vlog channel we'll vlog like our whole day or oh, whatever okay. so it'll be like plenty of stuff on land and, yeah and we'll do hikes sometimes but we kind of both don't love hiking oh you're <laughs> ocean people for sure then. And, uh, and part of the content about hiking is like uh like like so what would attract someone to want to watch a video about hiking is where is that hike yeah, and we don't tell oh, anyone it, where anything is. Like, because then it would be tourism. Uh, exactly. I see. Exactly. Yeah, and a lot of hikes here are actually illegal. So that's true. You know, I like, think we do them, but then it's like yeah. yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, that sucks. But it's not even really closed. Well, <laughs> for the people that know, <laughs> they still go anyway. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We we've done it plenty. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. it's a beautiful hike. But it's it's yeah. interesting to hear because like usually when you're like an ocean person, you're usually an outdoor person. But it sounds like you guys just have like, you know, you want to be in the ocean only. <laughs> yeah. well, I'll go on hikes for sure. But like I definitely choose ocean or like going to the beach for sunset versus doing a sunset hike. Mm. Um, I We used to hike more lately. We've been like so busy working that we right. just have time yeah. for our ocean stuff and then like work the rest of the day. Before we would be like, oh, yeah, let's play all the time. Let's go do a quick hike. Like quick hikes are are more of our thing than like yeah, the all day six hour hike. Right. And so (laughs) kind of going back to the social media stuff a little bit, we got into a lot of sustainability stuff, which I love, but let's kind of skirt back in a little bit. So uh, you guys just started off on this and, you know, I know you guys' backgrounds now where you're in mechanical engineering and you had like some service background and stuff as well. When did you guys like learn how to use all of these like things that you guys are filming with? You know, like I know you use GoPros and stuff a lot, probably. Uh, You said that I think you film with your camera and stuff. Is it just all self-taught? Is that how you guys like figured it all out well well he taught me pretty much everything okay yeah wouldn't you say yeah. like he he's the guy with the camera guy he knows all the things and all the computer things so everything that i know pretty much he taught me how to do awesome. it so i'll let him yeah talk about that um so i first got the gopro and then to me it was just like slow-mo like make it as slow as possible and i was like <laughs> high frame rate awesome um and 
so I like had that down at least, and I had done animation before, so I knew a little bit about like you need like, and it's like scary looking back. Like I was like, oh, you need 15 frames per second for fluid motion, and then now like I have a 144 hertz monitor, and I can see when it's below that. Oh. Like if I'm watching like a 30 fps yeah. video, I'll be like, this looks like crap. I'll be like, Britt, can't you see this dropping <laughs> frames right now? And she's I'll like, be like, what are you doing? Oh, it looks fine. <laughs> so I, can see, I can see the frame drops like like really well. Um, but back then I was like, yeah, 15 frames per second is great. Um, but but anyway, so, so I started with knowing a little bit about animation, like doing some After Effects stuff. Um, and then so I studied animation at school and community college. Um, and then... Uh, also took photography like just for fun, oh, okay, but I had okay. already been shooting with a digital camera a good amount. Um, I don't think I knew how to use it completely, but I knew a little bit. Uh, I like learned what shutter speed and aperture did and how to manipulate them. And then uh, me being so arrogant, I was like, yeah, I only shoot on manual um, because I thought that that was cooler or whatever. Um, and then, so when I took the photography class, I like found out that it's film first and I'm like, oh my God, I got to do film. But then taking that film class helped me a lot because then you really, really learn about everything about the camera because it's like, you have to think about every shot that you take. Right, right, right. Um, and so if anyone's getting into it, like I do recommend that you start with film just because you'll learn so much of the basics. Um, and then... Uh, so I took that class and then a digital photo class. And then by the time I was doing digital photo, like I was already really good at Lightroom just from doing it on my own. And so uh, like when the teacher would teach something, I'd be like, I already know that. Mm. Uh, and so I, I probably learned a couple of useful things. And I think I learned how to organize really well. Like my, my organization is almost what I'm best at. Uh, nobody sees it. Um, Can you attest to this? Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's very organized. <laughs> yeah. And on the computer, but that's about it. Everywhere else, not. Yeah. Real life. <laughs> shambles but <laughs> team it's a team effort yeah yes yeah she keeps real life organized um but yeah so so like just recently i realized that i wanted to tap into facebook watch um because mm. a friend posted that he got 200 million views on a video there and i was like okay i can do that um and then so i contacted a friend that does facebook with dog videos and he just takes random dog videos puts captions on them and then they go viral um and so then I contacted him and I was like, hey, I'll give you a cut if you'll just do this for me. Mm. And, th and so then I have to go back and find all of my old content. And so like, luckily it's so well organized uh, that I can go back and fix anything that I need to. Like it's all Dang. easy to find named properly. Um, I know when it was <laughs> and stuff like that. And I just realized we were talking about um, like how I learned all this. So we'll get back to that <laughs> right now. <laughs> He um, likes to go on a oh tangent all the time. Hey, this is me too, man. This on our vlog channel, I always yeah. cut him off. I'm like, okay, okay, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> this is the mind of a creator, though, you know? It's like always like you're trying it's to think of all like all the these place. different... Yeah, 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 it's good. <laughs> so uh, so anyways, so I did that class. And then uh, when I... So I went to Ball State in Indiana and wanted to study animation there. So this is before I started doing engineering. Um, and then with that, it was like art school and that kind of thing. Uh, didn't do as much photography there, but I did it like on my own. And I like take photos of like swim team stuff because oh, okay. I was on swim team. Right. So I was always at the meet. So I was like, and I liked sports photography it was interesting. Um, and then when I finally came here, that was when I like really started to learn, but then still it took me like, like took me so long to learn how to use a polarizer. And like, if you're taking photos in Hawaii, you need to get a polarizer. Like <laughs> game changer, absolute game changer during the day, like sunrise, sunset, not so much, but during the day, if you put a polarizer on, it's just like really okay. out of this world. I know like, nothing about photography. So much better. Oh my God. <laughs> Um, and, uh, 
And so then like my friend Trenton, uh, I like randomly saw him taking photos of the moon one night at the beach. And then I like went up to him and his friends and I was like, Hey, can I hang out with you guys? And then, and he's like one of my best friends now. And so he taught me so much about like how to use the camera, like what the polarizer does. Like literally had it, had no idea how to use it. And then would just like put it on and be like, yep, I'm just polarized. And so he finally taught me how to use it. And then that like changed a lot. And then, uh, like I remember finally learning the frame rate rule. Do you know what that is? Uh, it's supposed to be double or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It took me a long time to learn that. Cause I was always just like, Oh, I have the 1.4 lens. Why would I take it off of 1.4? It looks so sick with the shallow depth of field. Right. And I was like, why would I need a neutral density filter? Uh, like, cause I'm not taking a, um, long exposure photo. Why would I need that? And then, I mean, now I know. And, <laughs> and then for like our vlog camera, I'm like, no, we got to stop down. So it has the frame rate. And she's like, it's a vlog. Who cares? And I'm like, no, it has to look epic. <laughs> That's so interesting because you guys are like, okay. So what people don't realize too, is like all of that kind of goes out the window once you start switching to underwater, because it's a completely different game. Right. Like yeah. everything that, you know, on land with lighting and stuff is completely different underwater. Yeah. And even like people don't realize like, OK, this guy's taking like cool underwater videos and stuff. Nobody thinks, OK, how is he taking that underwater video? You yeah. know, because most of the time people are like, oh, it must just be from his phone because that's what they see it on. But there's a lot of other things that you have to do that goes with that, like putting yeah. on certain cases. Yeah. Uh, if you're trying to use like a big DSLR kind of camera, you need like a huge casing, right? Like some yeah. plastic container, watertight. Uh, the lighting again is all different because when light hits the ocean and stuff, it, it kind of like shifts the light. Right. Right. Yeah. So there's so many different things going on. And so it's, it's crazy to hear like, you know, your trajectory with this is where you learned everything on land and then you go and most of your contents underwater. Where it's yeah. like, it still plays somewhat of a factor, but it, it's way different. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and another big, uh, like breaking point for me was, and I mean, I learned this before I got my first water housing, so it wasn't such a huge factor, but uh, I was at this, uh, Zach Noyle, like photo workshop thing. And one of the guys that he had there, uh, he like, didn't have his camera on manual. And I had always shot manual and always thought like manual is mm. the best. Like that means, cause if you shoot manual, you're in control of your camera. That's right. what I thought, uh, which <clears throat> is true. Um, but then he was like, dude, I use aperture priority because you don't want to be the guy messing with the settings when someone's getting barreled at pipe. And you're like fiddling with your settings and then look up to shoot and it's over. Oh, and so yeah. then it huge. was like, okay, so you need to have the settings so that it's how you want it. But the camera puts it so that it's the right amount of brightness. Cause it, right, that's right. like some area where you can fix it later anyways. And so the camera can read the brightness to a certain degree. And then you just make sure that like you have things the way you want them. And so wow. like, uh, I have like auto ISO aperture priority, and then we'll control the aperture for what I need. Everything else works automatically. And like, it always turns out exactly how I want. And so that, mm -hmm. to me, that's like true control of the camera because then it's like, uh, like we went on a shark dive a while ago. And I remember like, everything was happening like just mayhem with the sharks, like super good day, like 40 or 50 sharks out. And then 40 she, or 50 sharks out. It was like right when the boat started operating and after COVID. So the sharks were not like, yeah, they missed. I, had I just got chicken skin. That was like our favorite day ever though. For us, that was like yeah. so cool. We're yeah. like, so like and every time we go after that, I'm like, why are there not 50 sharks here? Yeah. Oh my <laughs> and so, goodness. And so that kind of moment is like an on fire moment where if you're not ready to just grab the camera and shoot without looking miss at it. it, you're going to oh. miss it. And so like another guy that was there and some of the other people that we know, they'll, they're, they're like, through the viewfinder, like carefully, like 
looking for it and that kind of thing. And then, and the sharks will like snap, you know, like they'll just like, and, Mm. and so she might be down a shark might be there like in one second. And then you have to just like hit it right then. And so like when I'm shooting underwater, especially in that situation, like I'm not looking through the viewfinder at all. I just, I know what the camera looks like and what direction it's pointed with looking at the back of the water housing and I'll just like blast. And then, cause it's, so it's a one DX two, so it's 14 frames per second. And so I'm just like, brr, brr, brr. and then I'll look at it at the end of the burst, like the back of the camera, it'll show me the live view. Um, and I'll see like, oh, I'm cropping her fins out uh. and then do it one more time and get it right. And then think about next time, like, okay, I pointed a little bit this way wrong. Got to get it that way to, to make it more right. Um, and so, yeah, it's like, like for especially what we do, you know, studio photography, you don't need to do this, right? Because um, it's everything sitting there. But then for what we do, it's like completely the opposite. Like you have to be ready for Dude. that moment where you just grab the camera and shoot. What you guys do is so ridiculously hard because again, <laughs> yeah. people are like, we're just talking about how hard it is to get the right frames and stuff. You know, you got to be quick. You you don't even know like where you are and stuff. On top of all of that, people. Their breaths are being held yeah, and they're so swimming around. You know, they're not standing on flat surface. Yeah. <laughs> it's completely different. So. Yeah, you have to hold your breath. So you only have so many seconds. Yeah. And if you're trying to stay at the bottom, sometimes I'm like floating up. He has to like get it right at the right time. Or like we do stuff with bubble rings all the time. So they're going. You got to like go swim through it or whatever uh-huh. you're going to do. It's like so many different factors. Yeah. And, and, and if you're with tiring. me, if you're with me and the lighting's good, you're getting screamed at the whole time. No. <laughs> Don't, we can't miss this. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's not like I'm mean, but I'm just like, go, go, go. Like, oh, yeah. Like, I'll like ask him a question yeah, sometimes. I, like, don't ask questions. Just dive. I'm like, sorry. Okay. I lo- well, I did <laughs> Because it's really, that I, moment. Like, and you yeah. got to be there for that moment. And, and like, you know, she's asking me something like, uh, like, uh, I'm going to dive this way and then you'll be right here. And he's like, just go. I know. Yeah, cause, it, cause I'm going to find the spot, you know, cause I can right, see right. it all and I just need her down so that I can go find it. Cause it's like, you know, if the sun is here, she's there and I'm here, then it's not lined up. So I will in my dive, like, cause she'll go down, I'll see where she's going to be. And then met, meet her at that spot. Like, so that we all line up. So it's like the beams of light, her, the turtle, the dolphin, Jeez. the whale, the two octopuses in each hand. <laughs> Bro, if no, you really got kidding. that picture, that's <laughs> yeah. the most amazing picture in the world. I got to see that. <laughs> just getting two of those things in frame would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's really cool, man. So do you mind me asking, like, for your TikToks and stuff, right? Uh-huh. Are you using just your, because most of the time when I think of TikTok, you're using your phone and you edit uh-huh. it straight off your phone. Uh, yeah. For what you're doing, you know, how intense you are with, like, how you want things to look good. Are yeah. you using your 1DX and then transferring it to the TikTok? Or how does that work? No, the, the 1DX would be too much work because okay. um, the color grading, I think, is more difficult on it. Like, you can get more out of it. But then when the GoPro, it's like the expectation isn't there for it right. to look amazing. And so then it's like, and the biggest thing is that it's on my forehead. Right. So I have two hands. Right. Um, and so if for some reason we were doing some cinematic video and we needed... We use occasionally the, yeah. the big camera, like for random reasons, but mostly GoPro. And yeah, then- and and another like kind of secret I think there is, and uh, I learned this from my friend Elizabeth was like, when you do all the professional equipment, um, it makes it look like a studio made it, and then people aren't as attracted to it. Whereas if you make it look like it's just you and it is just me, um, then people can relate to it more. And so like when my friend Ellie, we would do photo shoots for her bikini company and I bring like, like would literally need two suitcases traveling around the world, 
for all my camera gear and be ready for diving and everything. And then she's like, oh, I have my iPhone 10, use that. Mm -hmm. And she hadn't even set up the data on her iPhone 10 yet. She literally just had it for photos and then had like a broken iPhone 7 when we would go and do our work. And it was, I was like, how do you have a million dollar company on a broken phone? But whatever. Um, <laughs> and uh, so- Priorities. Yeah, so, so we would do the photo shoots on the phone and then like my very first TikTok that did well, like, cause I'd put a couple videos after someone had told me like, yo, you gotta post on TikTok. And I put my cinematics from Instagram, which had done well previously and they weren't doing well. And then I saw some videos of like nature and just like beautiful iPhone shot with a song on it. So I was like, okay, that's simple. We're living in Hawaii. That's a very easy shot to do. And so her and I did Stairway one day and I was like, oh wait, oh, wait. I didn't even no, tell you. you didn't even tell me. I she didn't was know just, it was a TikTok. She was walking ahead of me. There's this part where it's flat and then steep. Okay. And so it looks very nice. And then the sun was coming through um, the low ridge to the right of it because it was sunset time. And uh, so I just took a super quick iPhone clip and then searched for uh, Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin Perfect. on uh, TikTok. And they had 15 seconds of it and it was a 22 second clip. <laughs> so and sad. so it uh, the song cuts off and then it's just like. <laughs> <laughs> it was like his first TikTok, like, I'm like and that. Then, and then it gets 220,000 views and I'm like, hey, let's go. <laughs> like I figured out the format here. Like I figured out one of the things here. Yep. And, and so that's like total proof that, uh, you know, if you're obsessing about gear and you think that your gear is not good enough, like you're totally wrong because it's all about the content. And that, that's exactly there's right. so much viral content out there that's made with just a phone. Um, like there's these beautiful microphones here and like Twitch streamers have their beautiful microphones and I record everything talking to my phone Native. like this. Mm. And I just come up and like, and I even like go like this so that my voice is a little bit scratchier. And I'm like, so today Brittany and I were diving. And I built him this bo cardboard boxing with what are those With things? acoustic pads in it. Because, oh my goodness. And he has a little window in it so he can see the acoustics. computer. Oh. Yeah, so the box is so funny. He puts um, his head in this box. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. And let's see the little and window. And that's a voiceover is what you're saying, right? Yeah, so that's, okay. voice, so that's like my mini studio. Because otherwise I'd have to like soundproof the whole room, which is a ton of work. It is, and very and expensive. Then, and then I was like, oh, I'll just buy like a stack of acoustic tiles, which is like 20 bucks, and then put in a cardboard box left over from a Costco trip and then cut a hole so I can see what I'm doing. And so, so yeah, it's, it's literally like, I'm just here like reaching around it for the mouse and keyboard so I can see each <laughs> clip. And then, so I like look at the clip and then talk about whatever it was and then go to the next clip. And so as I'm cutting the clips together to make it concise, I like am thinking in my head what the script is. And then I see it again and I remember whatever I was gonna say, like whatever jokes I thought of. And then uh, just talk through the whole script and then most things only take me one cut if I like feel like I said it weird or said it too quiet or something, I'll say it again. But um, yeah, I just like say each thing at a time and then cut it together and then that's the TikTok. Jeez. This is yeah. the process, everybody. Yeah. yeah, I'm so used to it, but if anyone else came to our house, they'd be like, what the heck is he doing? Like, yeah. He puts, he puts a t-shirt over the, the phone. That's my pop filter is a t-shirt. <laughs> and his head's in the box and then he's like scrolling through the, the clips on his computer screen to like... 10 million thing. followers and this is what you guys yeah. are doing yeah. to make the content. Say, I so love it. Yeah. I'll say a joke sometimes and I'll like giggle and I'll be like, oh, that was a good one. She laughed. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And I think Britt touched on this like earlier actually when we we're talking about like cameras and stuff where she uh -huh. said for the vlogs, just it doesn't matter. You know, she's just like, it's a vlog. You know, people just want to see like the behind the scenes and stuff. It's yeah. just keep it simple. Yeah. And I think you touched on that perfectly as well where you're saying like the organic nature and the relatability is so much more important than the quality in today's like 
fast consumption society. Yeah. You know, I feel like we're getting bombarded and stuff all the time with these highly produced contents. And it's like, at that point, you feel like it's corporate because it's yeah. so like pristine and nice. Whereas you kind of just want it to be like a dude with this camera, you know, and it's yeah. like that feels the best. So yeah. it's cool that you guys are like balancing all of that because you have the know-how to take really, really good videos and you know, like how to do the aperture and all of this stuff. But at the same time, you have to balance it with like, what do people actually like want to watch? You know? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so, the, we like, we like talk trash a lot. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, no, this one, this one's not that bad. And so I'll like see someone that gets a new red camera, and I'll oh, and I'll the be reds like, are what ten grand or something, right? That's like the Crazy. bare minimum. Like like a used, uh, like okay, red is like ten grand. Okay, and then what's they go normal? up to like a hundred k. Holy okay. And then better than that is like Ari and stuff like that. So there's these super high end cameras that people will get for like making uh, like cinematics here or other like basic videos, and I'll be like. Brit, look, this guy got a red <laughs> camera, <laughs> and and they they probably are getting a high profile deals, and they probably are like doing professional commercial stuff. So they're less on social media, more in the professional, like like doing the real production work, uh, which is fine. But then, but yeah, I just think it's funny because we just do it all with like like I have a GoPro Seven. I don't even have the newest one. And I think that yeah, I just had to get a new GoPro because my I had a seven and then it finally just died. But it was yeah. it, it feels like it's almost the exact same as a new one. Yeah, yeah and mine's <laughs> working great. And so for me, there's no problem with it. And uh, and she has an eight. And so we like talked about buying a ten, but then uh, the only way for me to justify it is if I can like make a good YouTube video like comparing it or something. So that then I like make my money back on it because otherwise it's like nobody's messaging me like hey i noticed that your quality your quality is, <laughs> your quality is 10 percent lower than what it could be and i would like it to be absolutely perfect and uh so yeah we, we don't even have the newest stuff and the guys with the red cameras don't even realize or some of them don't realize that when you put it into instagram and stuff it gets yeah. so distorted it gets anyway it can't yeah. handle it yeah. yeah so what was the point you know yeah and, and people will message me like dude how do you get your videos so high quality and it's like i'll look at theirs and it's basically the same and a lot of people will like look at it on their computer screen and they'll have like a really nice computer screen whatever and they'll right. look at it on their phone once it's posted uh, and then it doesn't look as good because it gets compressed yep. for uh, a digital audience. And then the funniest part of all that is, is you don't even know if your viewer has the best Wi-Fi connection when they watch it. So oh. they might be watching it at potato quality. At 360p that's just what they're used yeah. to. when you're filming 4K. Or like yeah. on an Android or something. Right. And it's like all distorted and stuff. And and so it might not even matter all that extra work that you did to make the quality absolutely perfect because your viewer may not see that. Right, right. And that is a lot of work that people yeah, are putting and so, in. Yeah, and so like most of my work on color grading is not to make the colors look like the most perfect or the most real, but to make it stand out the most. And mm. like, like, so when I'm like picking up trash at Sandy's and the water's all murky because it's moving around and stuff, the hardest part is to make it so that the thing that I picked up is like visible and clear Right. so that then someone will want to watch it. Because if it's just like muddy water the whole time it's not interesting right right and that's what i was gonna say like a lot of people are like how is it so good like on a gopro or whatever it's like well a lot of times it's because the water is so right. clear here right. so like we go yeah. out when it's really nice and, and only then, film on the best days and, the and then places. it looks better on the gopro than like filming in the atlantic ocean or you know wherever they're from right, like, right, it's right. so pretty here so it's it's a lot easier and yeah. that's why i can water. see why you guys have such a passion for keeping the oceans clean and yeah. stuff because yeah we owe so much to the to the ocean right right 
I can see that. And I mean, that kind of resonates to your guys' business. I think both of you guys started a company, right? Together. It's, it's SurfRacks. Yeah. Right? yeah. I was going to plug it at the end if you did. Oh, <laughs> no. I, 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 I came prepared, segue. my friend. I came Major. prepared. I have one right here on my wrist. <laughs> <laughs> Could you explain that, Britt? What is SurfRacks and what do you guys do with that? Um, right now, uh, it's the name of our company, but right now all we sell is biodegradable hair ties. So Shane Oh, it goes back to the hair tie video. Yeah, that hair tie video. Everyone's going crazy. Like, you find hair ties in the ocean? That's so crazy. And we do find like so many hair ties in the ocean. Found like today. Even in, in the parking lots, like everywhere, people like lose their hair ties, right? So I lose mine uh, all the time. Yeah, it was <laughs> like, I know. <laughs> Thank you, Shane. You got I, was, I didn't want to lose my train of thought. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so it was mainly Shane's idea. He's like, hey, I want to make like, because we have another product for our website. I don't know if we want to announce it or I guess we already did on a YouTube video. But. Yeah, we'll talk once we finish the hair tie. We'll get so it. we had our other product that we were like, in the works and then that's taking, that was taking a lot longer. So he's like, let's do biodegradable hair ties. Like, I think that we could sell them really well and like, we'll make the packaging like no plastic and um I just wanted to learn how to do e-commerce. So that was the biggest thing was I, I saw all these people making all this money with e-commerce and I was like, I just want to know how to do it. That's and, smart. And so I had been like looking for a product for a while because it's like a lot of e-commerce stuff is just crap. And so I didn't want to sell crap. I wanted to sell something good. Yeah, explain, um, what, explain what it is. Yeah, so yeah. what is it made out of? In and so uh, I, I looked on Alibaba for um, biodegradable hair tie. And I, I think I checked Amazon too, just to see what was out there, like what kind of products were available. Uh -huh. And, uh, there's one, I didn't feel like they were marketing very well. So I was like, okay, we can win this market. Yeah. Part of, part of e-commerce is that you have to be able to compete in a market that grows more competitive every day. Yep. Um, and so I, I went on and they had a manufacturer that has, uh, organic cotton, uh, natural rubber, hair ties, which are biodegradable okay. um, compared to synthetic rubber and mystery cotton on regular mystery hair ties. Cotton, yeah. Um, cause yeah, we don't know where the stuff true, comes from. Yeah. Uh, cause, cause it's, it's just like how the meat is like, you don't have the attachment to it. And when you go to a store and buy a product, you don't know where that came from. Like you exactly. hope that it didn't come from child labor and like unethical sources and that kind of thing, but you can never really know. And so we tried to find something where it could check as many of those boxes as possible and uh, also like make a profit from it because we have to get something for the work that we put into yeah. it. Um, and so, yeah, we were able to find these hair ties and uh, we uh, talked to the manufacturer for a while and we had to buy, uh, the minimum order was 500 packages of 20 hair ties. So for a little bit, we had 10,000 hair ties at our house. Quite a bit of hair ties. Yeah. And, uh, and luckily we've had like a ton of support on social media with That's people awesome. buying them. Like right now we have uh, nine orders to go fulfill today. So we'll go package them at our house and put them into our compostable mailers that we have and put the sticky on them and then take them to, uh, the, the post office down the street from our house and mail them out. That is super important. Just with the, you know, the, the, Correct mailer too. Yeah, <laughs> you know, top I was bottom. really strict about that. I was like, yeah, we can't get we plastic were, mailers. Yeah, because well, uh, it was like we can't slip in in one part because when That's we slip, so, yeah, because because you have a higher standard when. You're t when you're talking about something that's like sustainable or biodegradable, because if it's just a whatever product and people are just buying it, they're not necessarily thinking about it. But mm -hmm. then if you are saying like buy this alternate product, which is more expensive because of these things then the justification has to be there. And so you have to be almost perfect. Mm, yeah, that's true. That's true. So how long does it take for it to like degrade completely? That's a great question. <laughs> so, you got to do an experiment with it. Yeah. Yeah. 
the That'd thing cool is, so the thing about that experiment is a lot of people ask that and they're like, is it's it not gonna, gonna fall, fall apart? apart? Yeah, I've been, I've had this for a while. This and, one, so. and so to be completely honest about it, it's about 80 years, which is a long time. But then when we think about a synthetic one, which is 500 years, uh, is right. better. That's yeah. five times better, essentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and it's not so, perfect, yeah, but so it's you not also perfect. need it to hold your hair. You don't exactly. want it to fall yeah. apart when you're swimming. And, so. That's and a good so, point. so this is a moment where like my engineering comes back into play because like every single day I think about like what could be a hair tie that is a different material or a different construction that doesn't require elastic. Like there must be some solution for holding hair in a ponytail, which is simple and small and like can also be worn on a wrist, wrist. Like, like part of the problem with the hair tie is it is so great. It's like such a great product. It works so well yep. for what it does. It holds hair. It's small. Um, you can put it on your wrist and forget about it. Uh, like, and then you can also use it for other things. Like a hair tie holds my snorkel to my mask. Yep. Um, and so it's like such a great, great product. And so to improve on it is so difficult beyond just making better materials. And then I'm not like a chemical scientist, so I can't like come up with a better stretchy material that would like hold hair and then also biodegrade in five years. But if that's out there, like I would be all over it. Right, know? right, right. And so we are always thinking of like, how can we make this product better? And then there's another thing that we always find, which is those uh, toothpick flosser things where it's like the plastic pick and oh, then with that one the bridge strand. and the one string. So I'm like always thinking about how can I fix that? Wait, did you say you always find those in the ocean? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. Well, in, in the, the parking lot. lot. And in the parking lot mostly. So who the heck is picking their teeth? That's up? what I always say. <laughs> and and you haven't seen them yet because you haven't been thinking about yeah. it. But text me as soon as you see one. Okay. I bet it's, it's going to be later today. <laughs> oh my God. I guarantee. That's horrible. That's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. But I yeah. like that. So uh, uh, what it is, is, you know, proof of concept too. Are people actually going to buy this uh, product, right? Yeah. So now you guys have a, a point of reference. It's, it's needed in the market and it's good to like build that you know foundation of cash flow into it and then you can improve on it right, right. and hopefully you know right. buy an engineering team or something and that's great yeah. to hear yeah and so uh what we're working on now and what we originally wanted to do but it was like such a bigger investment is uh uh do, well do you want to talk about it because it's a lot of your idea um i don't know it's kind of hard to explain them you know those big towel things you put on and it has a hood and towel poncho. Towel poncho. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, like, okay. Like kids wear them sometimes, but I wear it like every time I get out of the water and I'm like freezing and like take my wetsuit off and then put clothes on. Like guys, it's way easier to just towel change yeah, regular. True. For girls, it's so hard, you know, like to take your bathing suit top off, yeah, and, like, put your tank top on or whatever. So I literally wear it like all the time, every day. Like, and all of my friends that dive too, like they all have them, and like we it's so hard for us to find like cute ones, like mm. cute girly ones. There's so many like boring, like striped ones, like plain colors. Cause they're ones, trying to be so. unisex, but, but in like a too safe of a way, I think, cause ours uh. are still unisex, but they're like, uh, flowers and tie dye. Yeah. Uh. And, uh, and so, yeah, I, so, yeah. So we made those. Yeah. And those things are hundred percent ethical and stuff too. They, uh, they will be. Yeah. 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 So, so part of the, the hard part with that is like, the first order of it was like all of our money. So we put all of our money into this product and then uh, like to make it all organic, biodegradable, all that stuff would have been like way more. Right. So we want it to be that. Um, Baby then, steps. Yeah. yeah so yeah. for our first order, we're starting out, you know, proof of concept, all that stuff. We have to first prove that people won't want to buy this. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're starting with that with towel ponchos and, um, and the, the difference between like the necessity of the hair tie being biodegradable versus the towel ponchos, people aren't losing their towel ponchos every day. 
That's true. Um, and so it's like but they are all cotton. Yeah. So it's cotton. Is it? There's no plastic in it. Okay. Um, That's the huge one. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so we wanted it to be a durable, long-lasting product that people will have for the next like four or five years if they take care of it. Um, and so yeah, it's it, I felt like there was a hole in the market basically because there's all these towel ponchos that are. I felt like geared towards dudes or at least two unisex that girls wouldn't want to buy them. And so yeah. we want to make it be like a thing where cute girls, when they get out of the water, they put on a, a, a surf rag. Right. Yeah. That's where we came up with the name surf rags, which is the name of our business. I was oh. like trying so hard. I was like, it's like a big rag. It's not like that cute because it's big and flowy so you can change under it. Um, and this is your second product. Yeah. Yeah. It was originally so it was our first originally idea, the first product, oh. but then the hair ties was just, I Easier. just wanted to do it. And yeah. I was yeah. like, let's put it in the same business so we can start building up that name. Okay. So now that you're creating like an ecosystem, you know, the yeah. surf rag yeah. brand. And, and yeah. so, so like I think about it as like this, the starting steps of like Quicksilver or Billabong yep. where they started as doing one product in the surf industry. And so we're starting out with one or two products in the surf industry and then would hopefully grow into that or, you know, grow into whatever space we need to fit into. Cause it's not like I'm saying like, I want to be the next Billabong Quicksilver or whatever. Cause that's like huge shoes to fill and uh, like just so broad and, and uh, I want to be a clothing company. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so there, it's not like we're like filling a niche and I'd rather fill a niche of a product that people aren't so exposed to and can like get something that's great rather than just have a bunch of like crap. Mm, right. Not right. that, not that those companies are crap, but just, we don't want to make crap. Well, and they, they do have a lot of crap in them though. We can be fair with that, you know, like plastics or whatever it might be. True. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. not a hundred percent, you know, they have, they have their fair share of cheap products, just like any big company. Exactly. Does. Exactly. So it's cool to see that you guys are trying to build this brand already though. And, you know, I like that you're doing it in Hawaii and all of this. And I think there's like a good need for it. I actually had a, uh, Miss Hawaii was in here recently and she was telling me that she helps endorse like a sunscreen company and I didn't realize that sunscreen like some of them are super super harmful Major. to the reef mm, see I didn't yeah. know this thing it's just <laughs> one of those things like if you don't know it yeah. how are you supposed to like you know pivot and you know buy something that is at the yeah and, and we would have forgot to talk about it because to us it's like already so basic just like, common knowledge for you right yeah yeah oh. like our our friend was just showing us a sunscreen yesterday and, and was like oh look it has the right two main ingredients but then look at all these other things and i was looking at it and i was like oh well this one like makes it so you can rub it on your skin easier and stuff like that and so like that's that's like a normal topic of conversation for us yeah. like, <laughs> and then and there's no question we just only get uh sunscreen that's made from zinc oxide or titanium dioxide See, I, I didn't even know what the actual like yeah. ingredients and stuff were. Though, well, but. okay. So what's easiest to remember is zinc and titanium are good. Okay. Um, and then everything else bad. Okay. <laughs> and I mean, most and you of- you can't just read the sticker on the outside that says reef safe because they- Yeah, they, they like, lie so lie. much. It's the oh same thing when people say it's like a uh, farm raise. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. it could be raised on a farm. Doesn't yeah. mean it's an ethical farm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. You gotta know grass fed, all of the correct terms and yeah. then you right. know what it yeah. is. So when you buy your sunscreen, just look on the back, look for a zinc or titanium and then check if you can, avobenzone, oxybenzone, uh, oxytocinate, they're, they're like hard to say. Yeah, all is those crazy any, words are bad for Is you. there any brands that you know offhand that are good? Because, when, okay, I'm thinking of it like there's a Walmart right out here. If I went to Walmart over there, uh -huh. is there actually going to be one on the shelf that has all of these things that you guys I don't know saying? about that one just because it's the Chinatown Walmart. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can see and that. I kind of know what they have in there because <laughs> I went in once. Um, but... Uh, uh, for example, like Neutrogena and like uh, some of these like big skincare names, yeah. typically bad. Okay. Yeah, the banana so, boat is the orange one that I know. That's why. So yeah. a local like brand, they're from Hawaii, is called Little Hands Hawaii. Okay. Uh, yeah, and they're at a lot of a beach one. cleanups and stuff. So that one's really good. Uh, like 
a lot of surf shops and I bet like even Long's has uh oh, has God. them They're and stuff. Have, you just have to look for it. You yeah, just have to consciously look for it. Okay. And I, I know Target has like uh store brand ones that you just have to look for like mineral sunscreen, it'll say sometimes on the front too. Oh, okay. Um and there's another brand called Raw Elements that I use a yeah, lot. Raw Elements is really popular and really good. And okay. they, they make a lot of skincare stuff, right? I'm not sure. Okay. That's good. I mean, well, that's all good stuff to know because, again, like, if you don't hear it, it's just not – it's ignorance, but it's also, like, it's just – if it's not promoted a lot, how are you supposed to know? Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's just tough. So the more yeah, you talk and, about it, and the more it's like when you are trying to promote these things, you're also fighting against the sunscreen brands which have, like – or, or the skincare brands, which have you know ten year contracts brands. with their chemical companies, or or maybe even thirty year contracts with chemical companies, where they don't want to give up that stake mm. of money that they can make off of their chemical sunscreen because they already bought the chemicals for the next thirty years that they're going to need. Oh, um, and I so see. I mean I don't know exactly how it all works, but uh, I would imagine that that they would even like lobby against it. Um, there's a, a skin, there's a skincare influencer guy that was attacking me one time, what? and uh, no, <laughs> not physically. Oh, no, no, I know what no. you mean okay. online. Yeah, online. So I don't want to get still. all into it because it's, yeah, it's a negativity. A but but anyways, this guy was posting uh, like this stuff saying that uh, chemical sunscreen is not bad for the ocean and that it's like it's these companies trying to make it up, trying to steal profit that are like making up that um, that thing to try to like make more money or whatever. And to her, and I was like, you know what that sounds like? I don't think so. The comparison there is like when people are promoting that cigarette isn't cigarettes aren't yeah, bad yeah, for you. Exactly. It sounds like exactly. the exact same exactly. argument where it's like, no, and it's just these other companies that's saying it's bad. Yeah. You know? It's like, no. And it's like, guess who paid for that ad <laughs> yeah, exactly. was the cigarette company. Yep. And, and one easy way to know uh, a lot of spray sunscreen is not going to be reef safe. Most spray sunscreen is like really bad. That's an easy rule of thumb. Yeah, then. Don't, don't buy get spray. Oh my God. And Plus half of it goes into the air and like not <sighs> on your skin. He, right. He has asthma. So it really bothers it's him. So when it's, oh my God. It. Someone was spraying it at Sandy's yesterday. I was getting on my truck and I was like, ah, like, <laughs> like just like, okay. Say you are like the whitest person ever and you absolutely have to have sunscreen and this is your this. only option spray it into your hand very close and don't let the aerosol get anywhere and then wipe it on your body that, it's, a, cause it's a double neg it's a double negative right because when you go in the water it hurts the reefs and then yeah. even when you're at taking it out of the water and you're putting it on it hurts you know the it's, yeah all those chemical sunscreens are actually really bad for your skin yeah. it's not like good to be it's putting like all those chemicals on your skin oh my goodness because all the the mineral ones are way more like um natural ingredients you look at the yeah. back and there's like five things on it like that's what raw elements has like very minimal ingredients and then the other ones have like a whole list of like uh, inactive ingredients and it's still like all these chemicals yeah and, and and it's blocking you from getting vitamin d which is important for your health like right. like so so we go out uh mostly sunrise sunset she likes to go out and tan midday but for me like i'm only out at the early hours of the sun and the late hours so then i don't get the really intense sun exposure so i don't even have to wear a sunscreen mm. um and you can see like i'm like tan but it's not like i'm like you're not burned super yeah. dark or burnt or anything and we we're at the beach today we we're at, did we go beach yesterday or we skip yesterday no. Oh yeah, we I went and it was it was bad weather. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, you guys both then, have good skin. It's the, like it's like, not like it's bad for being out in the ocean every day, basically. Yeah, yeah, every single day. And 
And, you know, sure, we're a little bit wrinkly. We're a little bit tan. That's okay. Um, Environment's but, a lot safer because of it. Yeah. And, and you know, when we're out midday, then we have the mineral sunscreen to put on. But, but yeah, when I, like, I'll see people on a cloudy day, like, about to go snorkeling, and they're, like, spraying sunscreen all over their body, and it's, like, 630. And I'm, like, bro, like, what sun is going to burn you? Like, it hasn't even risen yet. <laughs> And then, and then also my friend Trenton, I, I need to shout him out for still having reef harming sunscreen and putting it on when we he's go like, out for sunrise surf session. Like, what? Like, Bro. On, and he's a local guy too. He's local like, from he's like, I'm just trying to, I know, I know. I'm just trying to use it up. Hey, you guys have some TikTok money. Go buy him a sunscreen and say, don't worry, we'll <laughs> take this one for you, man. I know, I got to confiscate them the next time I see him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, see, so this is, do you guys talk about this in your, like your TikToks and your videos and stuff too? Like, I, I like to sprinkle it in. Good. So, so there's a lot of people who are like hardline, like they only make like super educational, like super like in your face, like we have to save the ocean or whatever cause it is. They're, they're like doing it so much that I think it scares a lot of people away. And I like to, to watch. Yeah, so I like to audience. entertain first, um, and then captivate and then educate. Smart. And so then, and I just came up with that. It's not like I say that all the time. So uh, I'm going to hey, have to trademark that. Yeah, yeah, trademark no, that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, so the entertainment is like something that's going to get their attention. And then Captivate is like taking someone who's afraid of the ocean and making them say, and I get this comment a lot actually, so I know it's happening. Make them say, maybe the ocean isn't that scary. Um, because if you're afraid of the ocean, why would you want to help it? Like, why would you care? Mm, that's a good point. Um, and then, that. and so then educate them finally and say like, uh, you know, when I find a plastic bottle or something, I'm just like, why would anyone even use plastic bottles or something like that? And so that's like, that's like a quick joke. Like me being so angry about it. People think it's funny. Cause they're like, oh my God, he's so angry. Um, or it's, it's like funny in the right way. You yeah, know? yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, I'll like say that. And then maybe the next time, like, cause it's kids that I'm reaching out to maybe the next time their parent is like grabbing the 40 pack of water bottles at Costco and say, Hey mom, like, let's get these reusable bottles instead. And so that little change could make a huge impact. And then it didn't take me showing them 40 times, like, look at this plastic bottle. It's evil. Like, if you buy this, you're a bad person. Like, it just took me, like, entertaining them and then showing them the effects of our choices and then helping them make better choices. I think that's super important, man. Like, again, what you guys were saying about not shoving it down their throats kind of thing or yeah. being, like, so intrusive it is a turnoff because then it's like, oh, maybe these guys are just hippie guys, you know, and they're like, whatever, you know, like, oh, protect the environment or whatever. And it's just those common things of like negative stigmas where you see people like rallying with the signs, you know, and yeah. outside of like Whole Foods or whatever it may be. Um, so when you go in like slow and it's just like, okay, this is our lifestyle. I We're not saying you guys should do this. You guys should, but this is what we do, you know, and yeah. if, you, if you are actually influenced by us, quote unquote yeah. influence, I hope you make that small change yourself as yeah. well. You know, yeah. it's just, so it's just common for Leading us, by yeah. example. Exactly. so important. Well, that's important, man. Yeah, and I, I like what you guys are doing with all of that then. And I like that you're doing it the right way because there are in very intrusive ones where I probably would consider being like, oh yeah, that's kind of a turn off, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why? I, stop I honestly, yelling at me. Yeah, I don't even know you. Why are you yelling <laughs> at me to not use water bottles? Yeah, I, I can't even watch it. Like even when it's about like ocean conservation, I'm just like, ugh. Some of them are bad. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just the problem is, is like there's so much mixed up news and stuff and you don't know what to believe either. You know, I think that's just hard. Yeah. So there's like some influencers maybe saying like, nah, plastic's not that bad. And then, you know, some other ones are saying, no, it's really bad. And you're like, okay, 
both of these guys seem credible. I don't know who to believe. Right. Yeah. And then you're not going to go do the digging. So it's it's just kind of pick your poison. Ha- have you seen any of my uh, dolphin chaser videos? I have not, okay. unfortunately. <laughs> that's, that's one where I am like in your face about it because it's such a huge problem. Like, so you know out on the west side how how you can go swim with dolphins. Yes. Okay. So this is right. like the chartered boats for other people that don't know, right? So it's chartered boats and you go on a dolphin tour, right? That's what you're that's, saying? That's one way. And then I'm also talking about the shore swimmers. So the chartered boats are at least regulated to some degree okay. because they answer to someone. Okay. I mean, out on the west side, it's kind of really, yeah, it's kind of lawless out there. there. <laughs> um, and so it's in my head, at least there's supposed to be accountability. And also I have yelled at the boats before and then it didn't work out very well for mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I'm, when I'm yelling at the boat people on the West side, I'm basically yelling at a West side local who is not going to be happy that I'm yelling at him while he's working. It doesn't have and a so, positive effect overall. Yeah, yeah, so I've given up on that. Um, but then when we're out there and we see people like blatantly chasing the dolphins, I, <laughs> I will like swim up behind them and grab their leg, turn them around and tell them like, stop chasing the dolphins is illegal. And it's because there is so much out there of like, and this is like the bad part and the exploitive part of going out and taking beautiful photos in Hawaii is you go out and take a beautiful dolphin photo, which I've done a lot of, like I, I, I can admit that I was doing it wrong before. Um, and I, and even back then I would say like, Oh, I'll let them swim up to me and I'll take this great photo and then post it without any context, just like hanging out with my friends. Cause it's like, it's so cool that you're the ocean guy and dolphins come up to you like that is so cool for someone who doesn't know what's really happening. Right. So what's really happening as the dolphins are going there to sleep and uh and when we are present out there and even like hanging around too long or like following them just or like putting ourselves in the situation in which they will swim past us to in order to get that photo we are bothering them and disrupting their sleep which is helping them not get killed and they are protected and endangered um and so what so, is the right way shane to if you wanted to you know be well present? i think i mean i think the way that you're saying it is like if you're just sitting there in the ocean and they swim past you, they're not really disturbed. Like we've watched them. They don't get freaked out. They True. get freaked out when you're splashing True. and fa- like after they pass you, you're like, Oh, I want to keep swimming with them. Yeah. And then you go chasing after oh. that. So, so just being there is not necessarily what well, I don't think is right. disturbing them. If you're just you sitting in like the water, trying like, to move in slowly to take a better picture, no. you know, or encroaching. It's the splashing. It scares yeah. them and the okay. yelling. Splashing, and, diving down with them, okay. trying yeah. to get as close as possible, trying to touch them, trying to ride them. Oh my gosh. It's all <laughs> happening out there. Yeah. And, uh, and we don't see it because the people who are doing it are the ones that have a thousand followers. They come here on a trip. They go and do that. They post a video of it. Their other friends with a thousand followers come out and do the same thing. And so it's spreading like that. It's these like super micro, uh, accounts that are influencing come out to Hawaii and swim with dolphins. Right. And, and so basically it's just like, I felt this responsibility after doing that for so long to be like abhorrently against it and to go out and like stop people while they're doing it and to make videos like about this interaction. That's almost like if I see you doing this, like I'm going to be grabbing your ankle and like correcting you. And I'm like, right. Try to say it in a way that's not like screaming in their face. Cause I know like some water guy comes up and screams in your face. Like that's not going to go very right, well. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah. So I try to like, be like attention everyone. What you're doing right now is illegal. Like, please stop swimming with the dolphins. Like just sit perfectly still, let them swim past you. Like what she was saying, um, which technically now is illegal, uh, with the new rule that came out last year was that you have to swim away when you see them. You have to swim away. Yeah. They're never going to enforce it though. And and that's just the reality is that like, it's not being enforced. Um, is that only for dolphins or is that for all sea life? 
for like, all marine mammals, I think. Yeah, whales too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because that's a, I remember that was a big one. Like even like uh, when I was just diving like at Electric Beach and stuff, there's so many turtles over there, right? So yeah. you always see the tourists trying to touch the turtles or like grab the turtles and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, no, don't do that. Yeah. And then obviously on the beach with the monk seals, it's always like they want to go touch the monk seal, take pictures. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So all of that's really bad. And like, even like the chickens, because I'm from Kauai originally. Uh-huh. Have you been to Kauai, you guys? Yes. Uh, yeah. Kauai's great. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of chickens there. Yeah. So a lot of people didn't realize, like, you know, when there's like the chickens and stuff running around, when you grab like a chick, like the tourist just grabs a chick, it, the human scent on a chick makes it so that the mom is not going to fend for that chick anymore. It's not going to protect that chick. So a lot of people that, as soon as you pick up a chick, it's basically lost from it's that. Over. Yeah, it's over. Yeah. It's on its own. Yeah. Yeah, see, so stuff like this, you know, where people don't realize, you know, like it's just that scent. That's why they think that it's human. So it's like they don't want to bring it back to their nest and whatever, you know. So it's all of these like little things <laughs> that people just don't realize. And it's it's super can I, bad. Can I tell you something yeah. funny about kawaii chickens? What's up? So uh, I I got an offer one time from uh, like uh, HTA, Hawaii Tourism Authority. Okay. Um, and this is a while ago. And, and back then I was okay with doing tourism stuff. And I was still going to like like put like a Pono spin on it, like make it so then this is the right way to do things, you know? Anyways, uh, they sent me their content brief and one of the key bullet points about showing Kauai was do not show wild chickens. <laughs> That's what they said, the Hawaii tourism agency? Wow. <laughs> That's a weird Cause one. Because it, it was like, the, and, That's and, a weird and one. so my takeaway from that was that they are so present and they are, like they're in every parking lot for every yeah. hike and everything, um, that they don't want them to be shown uh, be- because it's like a turnoff for tourism. But then, but then I remember like now, uh, whenever there's like a wild chicken, like people are like, oh my God, that's so funny that yeah. they're wild chickens. Yeah, that's always and their then, first thing when they drive past. They're like, there's chickens out here. Yeah, <laughs> and, then, and then even in Moana, there was the chicken that went on mm-hmm. the boat with her. And exactly. so that's like such a funny thing that's like so typical here. And, and we're so used to it. Um, that uh that we wouldn't say anything or even think about it but i just thought that was so funny that that was in their content brief as like one of the key bullet points like like don't show illegal activity don't show dangerous activity don't show chickens no chicken (laughs) (laughs) it's on the same level as those other two yeah (laughs) i like that well i uh we're kind of running short on time over here and i I know you guys are busy people so i don't want to keep you too long but i appreciate you guys coming in and you know sharing everything that you guys talk about with like the social media you know, your takes on sustainability and then also about surf rags. Could you let everybody know where to find you guys, like on social medias and stuff, the easiest place to get to you guys? Yeah, so so on all socials, Shanger Danger, and then Brittany, yours? Uh, mine's anyway, Brittany. So that's for Instagram and TikTok. It's kind of like a joke is why it's spelled like that, but that's a long story anyway. <laughs> that's Instagram and TikTok. And then our YouTube channel is Shanger and Brittany. Awesome. And that's the vlog channel, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. And his, his is just Shanger Danger. Yeah, so awesome. everything. Shanger Danger, Venmo, Snapchat, everything. <laughs> Venmo, again. Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> Venmo again. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys both so much for coming in. Yeah, again, thanks for having us. Yeah, we'll have everything linked down in the description so you guys can just easily click it if you guys do want to give them a follow. I highly recommend it. It's great content, stuff you will not see. And again, great people. I just met these guys for the first time, but you get a really good vibe that they do truly care about, you know, what they're preaching and that's that's kind of rare now these days, you know, yeah. with the influencing scene. So yeah. I, I would highly recommend giving them a follow. But yeah, thank you guys so much for coming in. Uh, thank you to everybody listening. Make sure you guys like and subscribe if you guys aren't already. And we will be back next week with another episode. Until then, though, stay safe and aloha, guys. We'll see you guys on the next one. Shoots. Okay, that's all we saw. Bye. <laughs>